Hello and welcome to another SDGC After Hours Review Discussion. And today, myself and Derek Van Dyke are going to be discussing Euden Chronicles Rising, uh, coming out today across all platforms. Um, Derek, what's up, my buddy? Oh, very little at the moment. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put... Uh, I'm going I'm to go ahead and put a little stink on it right here. I kind of wish I was playing... Ayudan Chronicle Rising more right now. Really? Okay. So, so we can so, go ahead and, and put that right up at the front before anything else is I do broadly think this is a good game and I do want to play more of it. I'm not 100% done. There's still so, stuff I have to do. I think I've got a little more of the story left to go. Um, but ultimately, I, I do think that I'm through the bulk of the game and I'm certainly at a point where I can weigh in on where the quality of this game, like what is good, what is bad, what is going to bring people to it. I'm very thankful that 505 Games provided us with the review code, so I had a couple of extra days before release to really tear into it. Oh, good. I'm so I was literally about to thank 505, so I'm I'm, I'm glad you got that. Uh, so so uh, Derek, so you've been playing this on PC, yes, um, yes, and you've been playing it since when? I believe Thursday. Um, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I started uh, it up on Friday, Friday. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, so- and to be clear, uh, because I think a lot of people will probably be as confused as I was when we got the code opportunity. This is not Aiden Chronicle of the hundred heroes, the, right. the, the relatively famous at this point, Kickstarter game. That is a spiritual success, spiritual <laughs> successor to Suikoden. This is a separate spinoff prequel project in a very different genre it's much lower budget obviously it's coming at a much lower price point uh we just looked it up before we started recording it's only coming in at i think you said it was 14.99 14.99 across all platforms yes so um you know expectations set them this is not the same game you've been watching a lot of trailers for now having said that uh you know me, uh, I am not only the resident JRPG guy, but also the resident Suikoden guy. Uh, I count Suikoden 2 among my favorite games of all time. Uh, I've talked at length about my love for this game. Uh, and so when we saw the Kickstarter for uh, Ayuden Chronicles 100 Heroes, um, I was, I, I threw the roof. Like, I, I could not believe it. I can't, I still can't believe we're getting a spiritual successor to Suikoden by, from the original dev team, uh, but then they announced uh, Aiden uh, Chronicle Rising, which is a 2D town building slash Metroidvania style platforming game. Um, and Derek, right off the bat, I want to ask you a question. Um, yeah, because I have seen and, and I am I'm super excited about this, right? Like anything Suikoden related. And this looks the character designs are some Suikoden ass shit if I've ever seen it. Uh so, so I've I, never played Suikoden. Oh, you're missing uh, out, I've man. never played any Suikoden games. I honestly, before this, I was not really specifically excited for Aiden Chronicle The Hundred Heroes. Um, I would probably pick it up eventually because I'm a JRPG fan, but I don't have that history with Suikoden, and I didn't back the Kickstarter or anything. So this was kind of uh, a fresh awakening for me in a lot you, of ways Derek buddy buddy not to derail but you owe it yourself to speak it into when I um, when I have the time but uh, a JRPG so, backlog a mile long so I have seen comparisons made to Actraiser uh, I no, I wouldn't make that comparison at interesting all. okay no. so tell me all right so so you know what dude go ahead and launch into it so 
the basic thrust of the game. Uh, you start the game as CJ, who is a young woman from a, a kind of culture of scavenging and treasure hunting. Interesting. Uh, she's kind of on her kind of rite of passage to go out and find an even bigger and more valuable treasure than the one that uh, her parents found when they set out as as teenagers. So she is kind of out to prove herself and just be, you know, the best treasure hunter possible. It's right. not a super emotional story from CJ's side. She's not super, super connected to the plot in any obvious way. Um, she comes across this small town, this small mining town that the the mines are inaccessible. Monsters are running rampant. Bandits are running rampant. And she gets involved with helping restore the town in hopes of getting further and further into the mines in order to find treasure, basically. So pretty arch setup. Um, you do get additional characters as you play. There are three characters. Uh, it takes a little bit to unlock the second one. And then uh, depending on how you play a decent chunk of time before you get the third character, uh, you play as all three of them simultaneously in the party. So what happens I, is, okay. Okay. Go, I was going to ask you, but go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna say what happens is when you're in the town, which is like the main hub, uh, you're all running around together. They follow you in traditional JRPG fashion. And then you, and this is all 2d side scrolling. It's sprites. There's some 3d work for the environments, but for the most part, characters, enemies are all sprite work. Uh, but when you leave and go into the like dungeon or field areas, which are still side scrolling areas, the, the closest comparison I would make is something like Shantae in terms of how world traversal works. Metroidvania is not a bad way to put it, but many of the areas are accessed not by just going left or right or up or down, but by taking paths like up into the foreground or background. So it, it doesn't have necessarily multiple planes of movement, but you will be moving along and then there's a road back to the quarry and then you have to basically travel into the background to get to that area. And then you're back on a side to side plane at that point. Um, but once you're in these field areas where there are enemies and there is treasure, you are traveling through, usually chasing some story objective or sometimes you are traveling through old areas you've already been through because you need additional resources that are only found in that area or that drop from enemies that are only in that area, or you have some new ability that will open up routes that you remember coming across in that area that may not have story content behind them, but may have rare items. And that gets into more of the Metroidvania setup with these very, very small mini Metroidvania areas. And you play as whichever character you attacked with last. So, this game on PC does not have gamepad support, which I found very unusual. It, it's you mentioned possible, that. That's unfortunate. It's possible this is a bug. It does not make sense because, again, this is coming out on Switch and PlayStation and Xbox and everything. So there's controller inputs. This is a game designed around a controller. Uh, and my keyboard inputs were a tiny bit awkward, it felt like. 
I'm hoping that that gets fixed later, but it's not a deal breaker for me. For sure. But basically, you have three different attack buttons, and it's attacking with character one, with character two, or with character three. And when you attack with one, you switch to that character and attack, and then remain as that character. That so then you know what in a you way that reminds me of reversal abilities, Derek. In a way, and I know it's not an exact comparison, but in a way that reminds me of Valkyrie profile, mm. where each button each, each button is mapped to a different character. I can see where you'd get to that. Uh, I mean, remember this is real time. Like side scroller combat rather than a JRPG where like attacks are are built onto the different face buttons. But um, so like you'll be playing as CJ who can sort of quick dash in order to evade attacks and eventually unlocks a double jump and moves kind of faster and has a little more aerial control and these quick zippy attacks. And you'll hit the other attack button and switch to Garou who is a kangaroo mercenary with an eye patch and a great sword and, and would absolutely be voiced by Steve Bloom if they were voice <laughs> acting in this game. He'd definitely do the full Spike Spiegel. <laughs> but, um, uh, and then you will just be Garou for that period of time. Like, while, like, since you attacked as him last, he's the one that's out. And Garou's a little slower, and he has these large, bouncy kangaroo hops, and he's a little bit more unwieldy to control at first. But if you time your jumps out, you can really get some movement going with him. Uh, And then the third character, Isha, is a mage and has long range attacks and can kind of float and teleport. So when you attack as that character, you remain as that character even out of combat and you get their traversal abilities. And if you just want to switch between them, you just press that attack button for that character again to kind of switch to them. So it's not as complicated as it sounds. It ends yeah, up being I was gonna relatively say, it sounds natural. A, it sounds like a lot. No, think of it like this. Think of it as if X, Y, and B, I'm assuming those would be the controls um, on like a traditional Xbox controller. If like X was CJ, Y was Guru, and B was Isha, and like you'd hit that button and, and you'd just like immediately bloop, switch to that character and attack with them. And then you'd okay. hit the other button and you'd sense. immediately switch to that character and attack with them. It... It, it is relatively natural when you're doing it. There is an alternate control scheme where you have only a single attack button and instead you have a like cycle character button for people for whom that would make more sense. But I, I, I think that would probably interfere with the link attack system. I'm not sure how that would compare. There's, there's a system where basically you can switch characters mid combo and they do more powerful attacks. So... I found so, it more flexible to keep everyone on their own button. So I've got a question. Yeah. Um, from a, so, so we have, you know, mentioned the fact that, you know, this is, this is a $14.99 game. So, you know, you know, it's a, it, you know, it's a budget price game. Yes. Um, this is an indie scale title, not right. a big release. From, from a visual standpoint, what are we looking at here? So um, let me kind of wrap all the art, art, related stuff into one um (coughs) visually it's aesthetically pleasing in terms of a lot of the the character design and enemy design but there's a lot of clash the sprites are maybe a little nicer than ps1 quality but then they're animated partially with like a flash like 
kind of movement to them and like their idle animations. So that is very obviously not like sprite motion. Right. But but 2D artwork meant to look like sprite work. But then they're on relatively low polygonal three dimensional environments so, that have a lot of 2D enemies and objects, but some 3D objects in there. It's a little hodgepodgey and it doesn't have like I went and watched the trailer again for uh, the hundred heroes and hundred heroes looks significantly more cohesive and has I mean, like it's a lot very, of, very clearly an HD 2D game. It's it's in that same vein as like the HD 2D stuff. It looks like right. Octopath Traveler. It has that we took a bunch of sprite work and really heavily prettied it up with lighting and particle effects and all this sort of stuff. And none of that is really present. I would say if anybody has played a game like Reseteer, that would be a better example of kind of aesthetically where this is or like some of the earlier uh, Ease games, maybe. Okay. Like this is blending good and charming sprite work with, you know, some relatively simple 3D like effect animation and relatively simple 3D environments. But the way, you know, since this isn't going for realistic art style, their use of color is very good. Uh, You know, it's it's got this bright fantasy aesthetic. It's not winning any awards for visuals necessarily, but there is some charm in the animation work and there's a lot of charm in the character artwork, the character designs, especially Um, the music is excellent. As as somebody who I know is a connoisseur of yes. JRPG tunes, yes. the soundtrack in Aiden Chronicles Rising is very good. Well, I found myself bopping to the yeah. town theme regularly. So and and given uh, given the pedigree of uh, especially Suikoden Two's development process, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Um, and so here's another question for you. Um, yeah. From a from a story standpoint, so Suikoden is is renowned for not dabbling. So, like when we think JRPGs, we're thinking like, "Hey, let's go kill God." Yeah, right. <laughs> let's. I mean, let's you know, let's let's just call you know, let's just call it what it is. Suikoden is very different in that its struggles are very much grounded in politics and internal machinations. Uh, it's been compared to Game of Thrones, okay. for example, in its complexity. Um, so That's an st- interesting bit of context. So Iodin Chronicle Rising is not very story heavy. Okay. There is a story. I would not say that the story is even remotely what is dragging me along. Um, now, when I say that the story is kind of weak and simple and and definitely much lower stakes in general and... Your third character, Isha, ties in better than CJ and Guru do, like to directly the plot and the events and what's going on with this town. But broadly speaking, this is not a very personal tale for your characters. This is not a very high stakes outside of the scope of this one little town story. And there's not a lot of like attachment to big, shocking plot developments. But the character writing is very good. And I think that's been a big draw for me is a lot of the moment to moment character writing in interactions, big and small is often very funny. It's often very strange. It has that kind of unhinged late 
PS1 JRPG style or even like back to like late Super Nintendo style dialogue where you're sometimes going this made it through an editor not in terms of being necessarily will you will you be our our hero no oh but you must well so it's it's more a matter of it's kind of it's it's got a okay you know what it is there's a very ted woolsey quality to this writing i know exactly what you're talking about so there's a self-awareness and a silliness and a lightheartedness that carries through much of the dialogue and I enjoy that. One of the major systems of the game is that performing small side quests for the various villagers not only upgrades, either builds new like shops or upgrades them, but you get these stamps and the stamps are you need to earn X number of stamps before you can get your adventures license. And then you just get uh, a little reward for every 10 stamps that you get. But there's a running joke between this exasperated kangaroo mercenary guru and CJ about how CJ will just fucking take any villager's request, no matter how menial and banal it it might be in order to get a stamp on that card. And guru is a seasoned treasure hunter who just wants to get into these mines and make some money. And CJ's out saving people's cats for him. And it has a lot of fun with with kind of poking fun at some of the JRPG conventions and the language of the structure of RPGs. So that is that is interesting to hear because, you know, again, you know, you know, Suikoden, especially Suikoden 2 is known for its extremely dense uh, story. There's a lot of intrigue. There's a lot of like political backstabbing. There's betrayals all over the place. Um, you know, it, it's, it's extremely complex and also very morally ambiguous, yeah. um, which is one of the draws of, of, you know, sweep it into uh, is that it is, it, especially by the standards of, of the time it was developed when, you know, every JRPG was, you know, again, let's go kill God. This, yeah. you know, Suikoden in two was doing something much different. Um, and so well, I was and it, curi- does, it strikes me that this is a world where that is probably hearing that and having played Ayudan Chronicle Rising, I can see where the hundred heroes probably would go in that kind of direction with its story. I'm sure it will. Because this is closer sure to a story about backstabbing and political interests, and you know, it's it's closer to a story about people than it is to a story about gods and otherworldly forces. Right. That makes, that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. Um, and you know, honestly for, for what the game is, it doesn't really in ret- in hindsight, it doesn't really surprise me that they wouldn't want to beat gamers over the head with an incredibly complex storyline in, in this type yeah. of game. I, I, you know, like I'm not convinced that, this would have been the right vehicle for that sort of storytelling. I'm not fully convinced that most people are going to think of this game as an RPG. Really? I mean, you do level up. There are some RPG elements in it, but people aren't going to think this is an RPG in the same way that people don't tend to think of Castlevania Symphony of the Night really as an RPG first and foremost. Right? Like there's RPG elements, but... But I mean, it's that's a 2D not, platforming uh, town builder. Yeah, right, like right. 
Well, and like I said, combat is fully action based. It is it has more of the plot structure and pacing of a an indie 2D game than it does like a big heavy. And I say indie 2D, but like obviously there are independent developers making 2D RPGs with you know, incredibly deep and thought provoking stories. Right. But this is, this is something a little more, I don't want to say arcadey, but it's closer to that sensibility and it's minute to minute. Um, and thankfully gameplay wise, it's pretty well paced. I, I don't find myself needing to grind or do a ton of extra runs through areas. Like I find if you, when you're in an area, when you're going into the woods, going into the quarry, going up to the mountains, whatever, if you Mm. basically hit everything you can while you're going through, beat up all the enemies, take their stuff, mine all the rocks, break all the trees, place all the traps, what have you, then you will end up with a pretty decent dearth of materials and only occasionally really need to go out and go, okay, I need this thing. And if you keep up on all of your side quests and all of your weapon and armor upgrades and things of that nature, you will generally stay kind of ahead of the level curve and find combat and exploration to not be super hard either. So if you're thorough, the game makes sure that you move pretty breezily through it. Uh, You have fast travel extremely early on, fast travel to any of the many areas in the town, fast travel back and forth from town to entrances to various dungeons. When you're in the dungeons, there are signposts throughout that you can fast travel between. So the game even wants to make it easy for you if you have to, say, go back to the quarry to look for some bronze ore, get in there, get your stuff, get out relatively quickly. Like... Do you remember the first time you played Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade Chronicles was so much more forgiving in the amount of time it wanted to, to, to not really waste in terms of helping you complete quests? Yes. It, in a lot of similar ways, I think that same philosophy is here. This is a game that if, if you can complete five different quests in, in one excursion, it will encourage you to do so. If so, you, if you, I, there are plenty of quests where I talked to somebody and they were like, I need huge stone. And it was like, good, I've got three of those. Here's one. Bam. <laughs> Quest immediately done. You know, they didn't want to make me go out and pick up a thing I already had. But even if I did, it wouldn't have taken that long. I'm sorry. I just love that description of a JRPG <coughs> side quest. Like, yeah. hello, I need root. Yeah. <laughs> I <Like>, need <laughs> lightweight lumber. X3. <laughs> I've got um, I've got a problem. It can only be solved by killing 10 boars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and and there's other little wonderful quality of life things like there is one of the traders in town has a trading post where you can trade materials for other types of materials. So like, let's say you need heavy stone. Well, not only can your upgraded pickaxe sometimes get heavy stone from the rocks that give you stone, but also the trader can turn 3 stone into a heavy stone. So even if you don't get a heavy stone out of that chunk of rock, you still got part of what you needed to get to. So there's like, you don't, even the stuff that is a rarer drop, they give you alternate ways. And even a, a, a failed drop will get you a piece of that puzzle, if that makes sense. No, it does make sense. Um, so let me ask you this. Yeah. 
uh, because I have had my I've had my eye on this one for for quite some time. Um, is this for me? Knowing what I you think know you'll of enjoy me. this. I think you would enjoy this. I think it also helps that it's not a super long game. Um, that was my next question. Like, like you said, this you're near is the not end. a, this is not RPG length. I'm thinking most people will probably beat the story without rushing. Unless I am completely off on my estimation, which this is, I think a lot of people will burn through this give or take in about 10 hours. Okay. No, that's, I think that's completely reasonable, right? I, I don't, it, it could be that there's more hiding that I am going to be completely taken aback by, but I, I find I think I'm pretty close to the end, and and I, I think I'm. It, it helps that you know that you max out at 160 stickers because of the trading post where you can redeem like a certain sticker count for um, rewards, and some of those stickers at like 130 onward are shit like having unlimited link attacks like way overpowered stuff so that's clearly like bonus stuff for people who just want to 100% the game um i think that if if you want to 100% the game it will probably take longer but if you go in to play it to do most of the side quests as they conveniently become available to you to go through the story and and you're relatively good at games and you don't spend a bunch of unnecessary time grinding for stuff you don't need I'm betting tw- 10 to 12 hours, I guess. No, that's perfect. I I, I don't think the game needs to be any longer than that. No. Um, this is more it, of an indie. It's a $15 game. This is, you know, not a giant JRPG. But, but it sounds good. Like, it sounds like you've really game. enjoyed your time with it. I have. And it's not perfect, right? I wish the story was more engaging. Um, the game is super railroady very early on. The first couple of hours are are very rigid and very structured and want to tutorialize every single step you take. And so the first hour is, I don't want to say painful, but it's, it's a, it's very like, okay, I would like to get to the point where you're going to let me make decisions about what I want to do with this game. And then it opens up a little more and you get your second character and you get, you know, your second dungeon area and it's opening up more but it really it takes a couple hours for the game to really just go, bam, go in whatever direction. We're not going to make your character stop at the entrance to a place and go, I have this other thing to do first. Um, so for not being super long, it does have kind of a lengthy handholdy opening sec- segment. But if you push through that, there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of kind of the joy of exploring in a Metroidvania style environment, these very quick runs through, you know, going through the mountain caps or the, or this chunk of the rune barrows and getting your items and, and, you know, jumping back to town and going, okay, well, this is what I needed to upgrade this weapon, you know? So I, I think it's, I think it's satisfying. If you're the kind of person who, who gets that serotonin kick from upgrading a thing in an RPG, you will be getting new things and upgrading things at a very rapid pace once the game starts to open up. And that will so, really counteract that feeling of of being maybe held on to a little too firmly early on. Let's face it. I you know, it is a it is a new game. 
coming from the original development team. You were gonna buy it. I'm going to fucking buy it. But you're not gonna regret it. I think you'll enjoy it. This game, let me put it this way: Aiden Chronicle Rising is certainly not going to go anywhere near my top games of the year. But had a good time with it. I'm not likely to forget it, and I'm really excited for the hundred heroes at this point because I'm kind of getting this world and this aesthetic and this vibe and this writing style and these weird character designs. And man, some of these character designs are out there. Your main character is a girl with a mountain climber, like aesthetic going on to the point that she fights with like climbing picks. We have a kangaroo mercenary with a great sword, a a magician mayor. There is a parrot with a mustache and a, a parrot with a mustache, a mustache and a monocle. Interesting. They use, you know how like Conyers have the, like the, the, the bright cheeks. Yes. They move I do. the cheek pattern close into the beak. So it looks like two edges of a puffy mustache <laughs> to go with his monocle. There is a lizard man in a cowboy outfit. There is a very traditional samurai. There is a magical girl, like an anime magical girl, Sailor Moon is Hell. Well, of course there is. I mean, it's a JRPG, yeah. so. This, this, well, but yeah, it, this game hmm. has so many wild character designs that it makes me realize, like, oh, the 100 Heroes is just going to be super out there. This, this, is, this is an appetizer, which I think was the whole point. But on its own, it's still a pretty good time, especially for the fact that it's a relatively breezy experience compared to a lot of other games on the market that are, you know, trying to take up 20, 40, 80 hours of your time, hundreds of hours of your time. Cool. Dude, that, honestly, this sounds like exactly what I need right now. Um, and again, like I, I can't stress this enough. It's a new game for the developers of Sweet <laughs> 2. I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I'm going to buy it. Um, but no, I, I am, I am very, very happy that you have been enjoying your time with this game. I'm very happy, even, even happier, I should say that, uh, it has apparently turned out good, uh, because yeah. I, I needed, I wanted this one to be good. Um, I might try to hundred percent this game, which is a thing I don't really do with games. Interesting. Okay. I think no, that I like the pacing that. is good enough and the difficulty curve is just right. And it's respectful enough of my time that I think I can hundred percent this game and not feel like my time was wasted. Uh, but, uh, and, and that's high praise coming from me, knowing how much I hate stuff like that. You do. Yep. And you know, I, again, the fact that it's a $15 game and not a $40 game, you know, that changes your expectations. It just does. I will say that this game made me very, it, it shot Iden Chronicles, hundred heroes way higher on my to watch list than it had been. As so it that should be that, that again means something. As it should be, man. That's good. That's the good stuff. All right. Well, uh, Derek, do you have uh, anything else you want to say about uh, uh, Euden Chronicles Rising? Yeah. Um, So as you're listening to this, we should also have put up a first two hours sort of gameplay preview, not stream as a recording because we weren't allowed to stream prior to release, but that should be up on our Twitch for people who want to see me go through those first two hours with the pre-release build. So who knows what small bug fixes or changes might get made in the final version. Although I had no performance issues. Uh, it, it, it ran like butter. Um, and I'm going to try to do a stream of this game when I can find time, which might be hard. This is a busy week for us coming up, but 
We do you have know. stuff happening, Derek. We yeah. do have stuff happening. Which is to speak about another time. Yeah, exactly. All right. No, dude, thank you so much, Derek, for uh, for playing through the review code. Uh, and also, again, big thank you to 505 Games for providing said review code. We, we truly do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, it's always good to get codes like this before launch because it actually gives us time to delve into this enough to get content ready. And Absolutely. it's always fun to do this. Like it's, it's fun to do this sort of stuff for big releases, but it's also fun to do this for things that might fly under people's radar because I, I, I might not have known about this game, honestly, without the fact that you told me we were getting a code for this. And, and I'm yeah. glad I do now because there's a whole nother game I'm going to buy as a result. RIP my wallet. Outstanding. Outstanding. You, you love to see it. You love to see it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Derek, if you have nothing else, we will go ahead and sign off here. Uh, don't forget that we go live on twitch.tv slash official SDGC every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we would greatly appreciate it if you joined us. Uh, and until then, hope you see. Uh, hope, hope to see you this coming Thursday night. Remember, everyone, kindness costs nothing. We'll talk to you later. Laters. Laters.